Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Mega Ran, creator of songs such as Avalanche and Infinite Lives. You are now listening to Adrian Has Issues. Turn it up. Maybe you'll learn something. Peace. Hey everybody, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I am welcoming back one of my favorite people to talk to in the world. Let's see, the last appearance was one that I've mentioned quite a bit, episode 103, Straight to Hell, where I spoke with he and Fabian Belay. Well, what has started as a conversation about the book he produced, Broke Pop, which is an anthology based on the material of singer Lana Del Rey, it quickly uh, devolved into a <laughs> kind of debaucherous but hilarious discussion about wrestling, and it was a lot of fun. And also, again, shout out to Jeff from Eastside Mags for allowing us to basically make total asses of ourselves in his store for the sake of podcasting entertainment. But we had such a great time talking about wrestling on that show. And, well, I kind of always wanted to do a follow-up. But what Mario has proposed is something I think is pretty cool. Is because as someone who talks to comic book creators day in, day out, I notice a lot of you guys are very big into wrestling. And I am definitely out of the loop as far as that goes. So Mario has taken upon this insane challenge of bringing me into the loop on the eve of WrestleMania and plus some other wrestling events. So... You are a comic writer yourself, stand-up comedian, all-around awesome dude, and wrestling aficionado. But please welcome back to the show, Mario Candelario. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm just still cracking up because I remember when you first texted me about doing this, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea because obviously any opportunity to, to talk to you is one that I'll gladly accept. It's just then I realized, oh my God, I know jack crap about wrestling. Please help me. Once you start diving into the squared circle, it is nothing like it. Well, a lot of it, and how it was explained to me, because my best friend is also big into wrestling, and he's been sort of getting back into it. Now, being older, realizing wrestling is the combination of two things I love almost way too much. Comic books and soap operas. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, the only difference is like Susan Lucci never like slams somebody through a table at any point. How you know of? I mean, you don't know what's happening behind those doors. <laughs> Is that why, how she finally got her um her award? Or she she had enough and just like had a TLC match behind the scenes? <laughs> With the award hanging over it, yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you could if you can fight for uh custody of a kid hanging over a pole, you can fight for anything. <laughs> Wait, please tell me that's something that didn't actually happen to wrestling. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, in 2005, Eddie Guerrero, uh, rest in peace, had a match against Rey Mysterio. And the whole storyline was he came out and said that Rey Mysterio's son was actually his son. Oh, shit. Yeah, they even made a shirt that said, I'm your poppy on it. What? <laughs> yeah, and so they had, a, they had a match, and the winner got custody of the kid. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that's something. <laughs> Holy shit. That's some prime grade A, you know. <laughs> so, all right. I wasn't sure if you knew where you were starting because 
I mean, to be honest, I really haven't followed wrestling, like, heavily since, like, the Attitude Era. But I know, like you said, uh, WrestleMania is coming up, what, in two weeks, if that? It's on Sunday, April 7th, and it's going to be in New York. Well, they say in New York, but everybody knows it's New Jersey. I mean, if you can call the New York Giants New York Jets, it's really the New Jersey Giants to the New Jersey Jets. Hell yeah. Representing Jersey, obviously. Let's go. Right out there in... uh, that's not East Rutherford. That's Meadowlands, right? Yeah, no, that's East Rutherford. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, right there. Uh, MetLife, they're going to be uh, coming down with WrestleMania. And just like every WrestleMania before, whenever that circus comes to town, there is a gravitational pull of everything else coming in with it. So you're going to have independent shows starting, I think, that Tuesday or that Wednesday, April 2nd and April 3rd. And shows are going to be going on all the way up through WrestleMania to Tuesday Night SmackDown, April 10th. Now, something I know about you is the fact that, while yes, you are big into wrestling, and this is something that, as I've known you in the last couple of months, you are also very big into the more independent side of wrestling. I uh, know, matter of fact, you. <laughs> famously at like five in the morning I remember you dming me like some match from like japan that was being simulcast and he's like you need to watch this and i just remember being completely blown away because it was like watching live action anime it was nuts independent wrestling has definitely took off over the past few years i mean i wasn't always into it uh, i only started watching wrestling again five years ago in 2014 and I think in 2016 is when I started getting more into like Ring of Honor. It's one of those things where WWE had these good talent, but you were hearing, oh, these talent are coming from these companies. And you're just like, damn, I want to I wanna check out, you know, what's coming next up the pipe. It's like, it's like football fans who love the NFL, and then they want to check out the college games. And then you have t- people take a little further and check out high school games to see who's going to come up to college to see who's going to come up to the pros. Okay. Pretty much like that mentality. Ring of Honor, that just happened, if I'm not mistaken. Was that last weekend? Uh, yeah, Ring of Honor had a pay-per-view. They had their 17th anniversary show in Vegas this past Friday. Definitely a lot of interesting uh, <laughs> matches and outcomes came from that that I'll get into once we start talking about their upcoming show in Madison Square Garden, sold out show in Madison Square Garden, WrestleMania weekend. I will be there in the, unfortunately, in the third row, but, you know, I, I am doing what I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a, a really nice spot. Uh, I'm known for being front row at Ring of Honor shows uh, all over the country. So, <laughs> one of those things, I got the third row, I was like, damn, what am I going to do way back there? <laughs> um, be safe, obviously. At least you don't have to worry about someone falling directly onto you. <laughs> well, see, I'm tall, so I always get some jerk who's always like trying to see around me. If I stand up for an epic moment, there's always someone who's like, hey, down in front. I'm like, grow up in the back. <laughs> <laughs> see, first off, I can't I can't support that because as a short person at every concert, I feel their pain. And the fact that you're laughing as heavily as you are is a little offensive to me, sir. No, I'm laughing because I know that pain. As being the tall person, it's definitely being the nail that sticks out. And when you get crowd surf is coming, you will get kicked in the head. So <laughs> I, stick, I've learned stick to the sides, stick to the bar if you can, and just enjoy the show. Well, see, that's you're you're definitely one of the better people because I know certain tall people. Like, I think they get off on the fact that no one can see around them. But if they're going to get mm. kicked in the head on the show and not me at a wrestling match, and you know what? I mean, I sorry, tall people who are listening. I'm okay with that. 
Yeah, I definitely know that type of uh, that type of person you're speaking of. Uh, yeah, that was never me. I always want to try to get out of the way. Uh, definitely don't want to get kicked or hurt. But you know, uh, as things happen, I mean, sometimes the wrestling shows you want to stand up and see what's happening, even if you're in the front row. And you know, unfortunately, people behind you can't see. And this event, I will be one of those people who can't see. For the uninitiated such as myself, what would be a good starting point as to the events leading up to WrestleMania? Yeah, uh, if you want to talk about the main show itself, definitely these past few weeks have been really big in story building as to what we're going to see coming up in, uh, in New York. I don't know if you know, but WWE's main roster has two brands, uh, technically three. Uh, they have Raw, which is on Monday nights. And then they have SmackDown on Thursdays, right? Still? SmackDown. It's on Tuesdays now. But what? uh yes. Yeah, oh, I always yeah. like doing those on Thursdays. They switched to a live format and it gets easier for them to have the production trucks back to back two days than it is to have breaks in between. Okay. There's the lesser brand of two oh five live, which is it's somewhere between their developmental group of NXT, but it's not considered the main roster. It's like, you know, the Island of Misfit wrestlers pretty much. <laughs> uh, like the West Coast Avengers of wrestlers. Yeah, uh, but they're going to have a couple of matches, uh, one one or two at least, on WrestleMania itself. So Raw's biggest story is kind of also SmackDown's biggest story. And for the first time ever, it involves the women in what everybody is agreeing should be the main event. And you have a former UFC champion, Ronda Rousey, who is the current WWE Raw Women's Champion, taking on the man, Becky Lynch, and the queen, Charlotte Flair in a triple threat match. Now, Charlotte Flair, um, is she by any chance related to Rick at all? Yeah, that's Rick Flair's daughter. Oh, get out of here. Okay, because I know those last name. I didn't want to make any assumptions that, okay, she's related. But when I heard the name Flair, I'm like, all right, there's got to be a correlation somewhere. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she has a pretty cool shirt that says Second Nature on it. Uh, oh, I, I like I, that. Uh, she gets a little iffy with the genetically superior type things. But, you know, I get where she's going with <laughs> with being part of the bloodline but yeah um charlotte is uh i'm not gonna lie she's really legit um she didn't come up from the independence she was someone that was an athlete her whole life and wwe tapped to come have a tryout and train in their developmental in the nxt system and that's where she flourished and she and when she hit the main roster she just really took off uh, what exactly is nxt nxt is like college okay <laughs> It, it's like wrestling school. It really is. They have classes that they have to take uh, and they get graded. And, you know, graduation is, you know, uh, them going to the uh, get the job on Raw and SmackDown. Aaron likes to say that they have recitals. They have their own main events. Usually, it cor- you know, it, it corresponds with what WWE is doing. So weekend like this, they have a show going on called TakeOver. And that's going on in Brooklyn on Friday, April 5th at the Barclay Center. Okay. It's definitely a good show. I don't want to say kids because they're not all like young, but uh, those wrestlers definitely give it their all. People feel like I've heard that while the main card, Raw, SmackDown, get most of the attention, it's the NXT that put in a lot of the effort to get noticed because it's, you know, they're definitely auditioning for that job. Right. Every show, uh, guaranteed, it doesn't go a single takeover without someone saying some match on there was match of the year. Every time. But I've come to realize that's sort of the case, even with like the videos that you had sent me. And not, and maybe it's not the same case of, well, we're just trying to get to WrestleMania. We're just trying to get to the pros. 
But equating it to maybe, let's say, comics or music where, you know, not being on, let's say, a major outlet, fly, being able to fly under the radar, you're maybe a little bit hungrier, but also there aren't as many, I guess, I don't want to say rules, so to speak, but it looks like there's a little bit of, I would say a little bit more elbow, a little bit more freedom as far as those matches compared to something like a SmackDown or Raw. It's gotten to the point where sometimes I don't want people to leave NXT because I'm just like, man, history has shown that when, when you get to that next level, even though you will be taken care of financially, you might not always be uh, satisfied in your job. Well, yeah, I'd imagine with the larger uh, wrestling federations, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of already have their plans in place, like their storylines, maybe in some of their characters. And there seems to be more of a. How can I say this? Because I'm not trying to necessarily, you know, punch down. I'm just more just thinking, like, they already have a plan in place as to, you know, the people they kind of put out, maybe some of the ones that they don't. So it's it's kind of tough because I've seen it happen in, you know, let's say professional sports where someone coming up in the college leagues who, you know, they're on fire. But maybe when they get to the pros, they don't exactly get that same push. Yeah. I mean, um, if you know football at all, you know Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. He was, uh, excuse my language, he was hot shit in college and <laughs> that attitude. Once he got to the pros, everyone was guessing he would be picked in the first round. I don't remember what round he got picked in, but it's nowhere near the first, <laughs> first round. And, you know, he took that attitude he had in college and brought it over to the Browns and they were not having that. And now I think he might be playing for that other football league that's on in the winters. When after football's over. Yeah. And I heard some rumor that he may not even be playing there. Like he actually debunked some of those rumors. I was like, ouch. You know, I know this is a wrestling show, but let's talk about that for a second. I think it's funny that Johnny Menzel did the exact opposite of, (laughs) of what Tim Tebow was. And they still (laughs) ended up fizzling out in one season. I don't think he took on that same attitude that like Menzel were. He, no. You know, like he essentially was kind of pulling rock star antics, but I'm like, dude, like you don't even play. No, I mean, they were bizarros of one another. Johnny was the bad boy and Tim was like, you know, the good boy next door. <laughs> <laughs> That's those two stories are just so wild. And in a way, it almost feels like it never even happened. Like, is this real life anymore when it comes to sports? I don't know. All sports are turning into wrestling now. I tell you that with the press conferences and the speeches the players give and such. It reminds me of, uh, you know, the wrestling I, that we saw back when we were growing up. Oh yeah, those promos were everything. That honestly, the promos were almost more fun than the matches themselves because they were just balls to the wall insane. Well, let me tell you something, Adrian. Come this Friday when we end up in New York, you know, <laughs> like that. They're just going to go at one another and then just definitely start dropping dates and locations just to hype events in the future. <laughs> Wait, are you referring to, um, was it Joey Ryan? Ah, the famous dick wrestler, Joey Ryan. Yeah. That's right, King of Dong style. Uh, which, uh, going back to episode <laughs> 103, I think that's around the time when the episode just pretty much went straight to hell because you and Fabian were going on about this wrestler and it's like Joey Ryan King of Dong Style. I was like, what the hell is Dong Style? So yep. that episode basically is me watching a wrestler get flipped over by another wrestler's junk. And I just, I'm yep. of all the gimmicks in the world. It might be one of my favorites only because how do you play that so cartoonishly, but yet so seriously at the same time? I wish I had an answer, but all I know is that he's the number one wrestler on YouPorn. What? So, you know, I mean, he's, 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 he's getting those click and those ad money from you guys uh, out there. You know? <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, he he actually has his own event going on WrestleMania weekend, uh, and I will be there. And uh, Friday, April fifth, I want to say at the Hilton in Midtown. Uh, it's the first annual Joey Ryan's penis party, and <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. It's it is it is independent wrestling in its uh, highest form. I feel uh, a lot of talent who haven't been scooped up by Ring of Honor or All Elite Wrestling or WWE will uh, will be there. I think the main event is a battle of the sexy. Uh, I got to remember who it is. It's it's intergender wrestling. Three girls versus three guys. And one of them is Joey Ryan, Val Venus, and I'm uh, drawing a blank on the guy's name. Wait, Val Venus? I mean, just, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, he was the uh, the porn star wrestler from uh, the 90s who would come out with a towel. That's right. I remember that now. Yeah, and Sexy Eddie. That's who it is. Sexy Eddie. Never would have guessed that one, but okay. I trust you on that one. Yeah, he's, uh, he's facing against, uh, I forget two of the girls, but one of them is the smoke show scarlet bordeaux and if you haven't checked out her stuff google it guarantee that's gonna be uh probably a saved link for a bunch of guys after that in private mode <laughs> it's like incognito wrestling <laughs> but uh yeah yeah um that's gonna be a very fun show um that's the, my my first show of the weekend will actually be uh joey ryan's penis party <laughs> i do love now that they've embraced what they are and who their audience is, because I don't know if you remember back in like late eighties, early nineties, there was this whole thing about, is this real? Is this really a sport? People watched it, but you didn't really talk about it a whole lot unless there were people in the know. And it was almost like this dirty secret that you didn't really talk about much. But I just love the fact that it seems like there are people who are finally okay and being open and saying like, look, we know what wrestling is. And even with all the storylines, like, it's still a great show. It's still a good time. So, like, we're not necessarily worried about how it comes across. Like, people, it's just into it now. Ah, uh, no. There's a lot of people still in the closet, in the, in the wrestling closet, if you will. I wear, um, on my jean jacket, I have wrestling pins. I have championship belts. You know, they're, like, maybe, like, an inch, inch and a half or so. But it's a replica of, you know, classic titles. And I wear that on there. And I will always get looks and guarantee there's going to be someone like, hey, is that the WCW championship? They're like, yep. They're like, oh, cool, cool. Yeah. And then they'll start going into a whole thing. I'm like, motherfucker, you knew exactly what that was. You <laughs> have to come off. You know, I don't have it's, – it's, it's like the old thing from the 70s. It's like I'm a friend of Dorothy. Dude, we all know what that means. You don't have to try to <laughs> pretend. Yeah, we were shopping and the cashier at H&M was staring at me. Big dude. Uh, and he was like, hey, is this like, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, me and this cashier next to me are excited for the pay-per-view coming up. And then we've got a whole conversation. My wife just looking at me and she's like, you guys are a bunch of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so people definitely are still in, you know, uh, where it's not something that you'll just come out about. But you will see more people out there with the popularity that, that the elite guys brought to the Bullet Club and making that mainstream Joey Ryan doing his thing on YouTube, getting all those hits. I mean, it's it's people getting more comfortable in professional settings, professional offices. Sometimes it'll be brought up casually the way that people would talk about shows like Breaking Bad and such. It's right. just, you know, the audience is uh, whether they talk about it or not, it's up to them. But once you find someone who's into it, it, it really is an instant bond with people. And I, I know you said earlier at the top of the show that. You know, it's a lot of comic book creators are into wrestling, and I feel that 
that's one of the key factors of why I got back into it because I saw other creators talking about it uh, right around time of WrestleMania 30 when the WWE Network launched. And I was like, hey, I used to watch this. Let me try to get back into it. And I could have something else to talk to editors about besides, will you hire me? And I think that is also another important added factor is the prevalence of the internet, especially social media. We like to act like that's something that was always the case, but it really wasn't. That's how I really figured out because around the time that the Attitude Era fizzled out, you know, mm-hmm. my first thought was, well, no one's really talking about wrestling anymore until like, like you said, uh, Monday nights or I guess, well, now with Raw, I was like, wow, like my feed's blowing up with wrestling and not in a, oh, this sucks. It's just more of a, I never would have guessed that these people that I would talk to day in, day out would just start marking out on like Twitter or Facebook. It gets polarizing sometimes. I love the bad guys. I love the bad guy characters. And sometimes if I'm just like, hey, this, you'll definitely get someone who does vanity searches coming out of the word work to tell you why your opinion sucks. I mean, this is all orchestrated. This isn't real villainy. You know, it's all for fun, no? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I've always rooted for the villains. I was the kid who was like, you know, not for nothing. (laughs) Cobra had the cooler vehicles. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, just the other day, I wore a uh, Lannister shirt with a Slytherin pin. <laughs> wow. You're just really doubling down on it. Nice. We could talk about bad guys on another show. We could talk about toxic fandoms, which is a whole other sore topic. But right. just know that, you know, uh, your feeds, if you uh, if you know people who are even remotely into wrestling in your circle, you're definitely going to see a lot of stuff live. This isn't the type of show where... Although sometimes people do complain if you're talking about spoilers, this is a social event going on live. You're not going to expect people to not talk about the Super Bowl live as it's happening. Right. You might expect people to not talk about Game of Thrones or such out of courtesy. But if you have such an excited fan base about something that's happening live with results in real time, then, you know, it's. I don't know. It's just a fun time. I wish that we had Twitter back in the, uh, maybe I don't, but back in the 98 <laughs> or so attitude era, you know, uh, definitely get out there and get more in touch with, uh, you know, your fellow fans. Yeah, absolutely. But by the same token, I don't really worry so much about the spoilers only because I don't follow it that closely anyway. So a lot of times, like if I don't want to see it, I just won't be on or whatever, or I'll try to follow along to see, okay, what's the consensus? Because there are a couple of names that have come out that, I mean, I know of, you know, at least from when I would follow it more closer. But I also know that um, I'm still shocked that Kingston still has not gotten the title. Yeah, 11 years. Kofi Kingston. Kofi uh, Mania is the theme of WrestleMania going in this year. He has the same heat behind him that Becky Lynch did, where the fans just got behind someone so passionately and so loudly that the company couldn't help but notice and say, hey, what is going on here? Kofi was a filler he saw another wrestler mustafa ali brilliant athlete got unfortunately injured so they needed a replacement in the storyline and kofi stepped in and you know he it was it, it was on a tuesday night in a gauntlet match where it's uh you have to fight as many people until you lose and whoever beats you have to fight has to fight as many people until they lose okay until you know the end uh and kofi lasted i think all the way up to the second to last person randy orton oh now that's a name i remember oh god i remember despising everything that randy orton did but he was such a great heel though like you just love to hate him 
he definitely uh, has not changed that character. I don't know if that's that character, if that's him. (laughs) Okay, so that that makes sense now, because I'm like, how much of this is actual character, and how much of this is just he really is this? I mean, you could definitely tell with some people, it's like, I'm just playing a character, while other people, it's like, yeah, this is pretty much me. But, (laughs) uh, yeah, Kofi did such a great job. He lasted, I want to say, around like 45 minutes, 50 minutes straight. Oh, wow. And it was very athletic, very entertaining the whole time. It was not, you know, uh, because sometimes you get matches where it's just repetitive and they just want to wrap it up quickly. But he did. He brought it. And after that, people were just standing up and clapping. I mean, I'm a New Day fan since day one. I didn't really know Kofi back from his original run because I wasn't watching. But when New Day first came out, I was like, hold on. You have three guys. They're doing the gospel gimmick. I was like, I'm behind this. I bought the New Day shirts, the New Day socks. (laughs) Uh, I have a New Day unicorn horn. So I'm very excited for for Kofi to get his comeuppance. If if he gets the chance, the storyline right now is he's not in yet. But, Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Like, like I knew that name for a while, and he always seemed like a pretty stand-up dude, like someone who definitely deserved his spotlight. They're waiting to give you the payoff, pretty much. What happened is, uh, on this past Tuesday on SmackDown, Kofi was supposed to... He had another gauntlet match, and if he beat five competitors, then he would be given the chance to go to WrestleMania. He beat the five guys, but unfortunately, we all saw he beat them at 9.52, so we're like, oh, they got a couple minutes left. What's going to happen next? So, Mr. McMahon came out and said, hey, you know, congratulations, but you got to beat one more person if you're in. It's always one more obstacle. With this what? That's, that's lame. So, Daniel Bryan, the, the Planet Champion, Daniel Bryan, with his burlap sack and hemp belt came out. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Somehow I doubt you're not joking. That's actually what he's wearing. Yeah, uh, I'll get to that in a moment. But yeah, he came out and he beat Kofi uh, right right in time for the 10 o'clock mark for the show to end. So yeah, I uh, can't wait to see what happens next week. You know Kofi's going to get in somehow. If not, maybe the last minute WrestleMania he'll get in. But that's the storyline. It seems like he has the support of the entire locker room. So it's not one of those things where, like, you know, people are mad wondering who's this person coming up and getting this thing. It's a much-deserved and long-awaited opportunity that, of course, the company is really trying to milk the storyline to make it as emotional as possible when and if it finally happens. Though there is the added thing of if it drags on too long, won't it kind of turn around the other way? That has happened. Uh, Both the company has soured on people and also the fans, too. Daniel Bryan is in a similar situation. He's the Planets champion now, but five years ago, he was someone that the crowd was behind, just as they are behind Kofi. And he got that shot, and he had his big WrestleMania moment where he defeated Triple H and then went on to defeat both Batista and Randy Orton. Oh, wow. That's a hell of a group to be able to like take down. Yeah, but same same character. They were just like, nope, we're not giving you this chance. And then sure enough, you know, uh, if you don't, die the hero you find yourself the villain so now here he is with his uh his belt made out of all sustainable material he has the wood front and the stone gems and the hemp strap because <laughs> he's the planet champion he as someone who you know has vegan family members i'm thinking he's saying stuff in a bad guy way about the dangers of eating meat and the consumption and how humans are 
consumers in this harmony environment, but he's saying it in such a jerk way that you just can't, you know, you just have to hate him. <laughs> just on sheer principle, it's like, look, I don't care that you don't eat meat, but the way you're presenting it, I kind of have to hate you now. Yeah, he was in the concourse in one one episode, just going around yelling at the people for what they're eating. At the Royal Rumble in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, they were selling the Rumble Burger, which is just this monstrosity with everything piled on it. So, of course, he had a pre-recorded segment with one saying, he's like, this is disgusting, this is this, and this is just like all you fans. (laughs) (laughs) All this, this, but no substance. And and once you're done with it, you're just going to be empty like you always were. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's dark. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just saying, like, you know, you're right, but at the same time, damn. I was like, don't judge me my burger, relax. But yeah, that's the big storyline coming out of SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown has a couple other fights. Uh, I know Asuka, she's the she's an amazing women's champion from Japan, but they haven't announced who she's going to face yet. I wouldn't be surprised if she takes on everyone, because uh, she's just that type of character. You have uh, The Miz fighting against Shane McMahon. Oh, wow. Miz and Shane are still around? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And The Miz is a good guy, believe it or not. What? All right. I haven't been gone that long. I don't see that ever happening, but okay. You know why? Because he has a reality show that's uh, a half-hour comedy reality show with his wife. So they're thinking, okay, how can we make this character more likable like he is on the show? That makes sense now that you say it that way. SmackDown, you also have AJ Styles versus Randy Orton in just a regular match. Uh, I think that covers... Oh, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship. Now, that sounds like a fun matchup. Also, uh, Rey Mysterio said his, his said his son will be front row, which is funny because 14 years ago, him and Eddie Guerrero fought over custody of the same son. Very odd. Like Maybe that's like a low-key tribute, but I guess for anyone who was around during that time, I can definitely see that getting awkward. <laughs> no, his son is like a full foot taller than him too, which is crazy. But <laughs> I mean, that's hard to say. I mean, I'm no disrespect, but not exactly the the tallest guy in the room. Yeah, it, that doesn't make sense. I mean, for all I know, he could just be a normal guy, but just next to Ray Mysterio and no one else, he looks like a giant. Yeah, <laughs> it is good to know that. As far as like the women wrestlers, that they're at least, even if it's strictly from like the fan base, that there is definitely. Uh, a bigger push for that because i i really do think that it's been way overdue i think for the past three or four years they made a conscious effort to really push that and now with ronda rousey there in the main event that's going to bring so much media attention and eyes to the product that it's no longer these women fighting in a bikini contest for the belt where they're not even fighting they're just taking off a robe twirling around and then hey you're the new women's champion that's not that's not right right but that's going to be one hell of a main event. I mean, we, we we spoke about Charlotte earlier. You guys all know Ronda Rousey, but the man Becky Lynch. Jesus. She took the man moniker, which is just hilarious. Because that's a name I've heard um, quite a while. So, I mean, I'm not necessarily sure of like, the whole backstory there, but... She was an independent wrestler. Uh, she came up from Ireland, came up through NXT. Uh, I remember the first time I saw her, she kind of had a river dance gimmick where she was doing the little jig. And I was like, okay, that's funny. But they quickly got rid of that and gave her like a rocker type of character. For the longest time in NXT, she was always the person where you know, okay, if they're in the match, they're probably going to be the one who takes the L. Right. And then, you know, um, when they had the brand split between Raw and SmackDown, she became the first SmackDown Women's Champion. I was like, finally. But 
it kind of feels a little cheap because they wouldn't give her the main one, but they would give her the secondary one. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So since then, you know, she's been up and down. She's been all over the card. She's been on the pre-shows, which are available on YouTube and also on the pay-per-view, but not really featured in that spot. Not until SummerSlam this past August in Brooklyn, where it was a triple threat match for the women's championship. It was um, Becky Lynch versus the champion Carmella and Charlotte who kind of weaseled her way into the match. It was supposed to just be Becky versus Carmella, but Charlotte weaseled her way in. And of course, Charlotte won. And her and Becky were storyline friends up until that point for many years. But uh, Becky snapped and beat the crap out of Charlotte right there in the ring as Brooklyn cheered on. I don't think the company expected that type of reaction. I mean, I was there. I was there. I was chanting, you deserve it, just with everyone else. <laughs> and it was that fire and that momentum and that passion that really turned the crowd and made WWE say, hey, just like just like for Kofi, hey, we have something here. So they put Becky Lynch in the main event for SmackDown. They gave her the Women's Championship. And in Survivor Series, uh, which is which was November in Los Angeles, they were doing brand champions versus brand champions. So you know the tag team champions would fight, face one another, the world champions would face another, and the women's champions would face one another. Unfortunately, the week before, or a week and a half before, um, during an invasion where you know SmackDown invaded Raw. Becky got punched in the face for real, and that shattered her face. Holy shit. Yeah, but it made an awesome visual because, you know, when they're when they're running in and attacking the raw people and then running out into the crowd, and she just stops there and looks back and throws her hands up. It's just this bloody mess, and it just looks so visceral and so good. I mean, people have made bootleg shirts of that. There's definitely fan art all over the place. Uh, if, if, if you look up Becky, that might be one of the first few pictures in Google if you just, look, if you just search Becky Lynch. But that unfortunately took her out of that match with Ronda Rousey at the Staples Center, which is a blessing in disguise. Because as much as I really wanted to see that then, I knew that because, you know, when they when someone faces an injury, they have to take serious medical precautions to make sure they're okay. She got concussion syndromes, you know, so they're going to make sure, okay, oh, sorry, symptoms. So they're going to make sure that these athletes are taken care of physically. Right. And if they can't wrestle, they can't wrestle. So they put Charlotte in the match as her replacement. That kind of got the wheel spinning, I feel, for this main event we're talking about now because at the Staples Center, Charlotte versus Ronda was a pretty good match, but the crowd was definitely cheering on Charlotte. I think they were cheering for Charlotte more in the spirit of cheering for Becky because that's who they wanted in the match. Right. Afterwards, Charlotte just snapped and beat the crap out of Ronda Rousey with a weapon in, in, in the ring. No one really won. You know, I mean, on paper, you know, Ronda got the W, but that's because of disqualification. Everybody knows she got her ass beat and she left. And so, you know, that just started the gears turning for a triple threat match going into WrestleMania. Sorry for the lecture I just gave you. No, this. that's awesome. Because, again, that's kind of the point. Like, I'm the noob. Like, as much as, you know, people told me, like, I really don't know any of the major players. So, and again, I just feed off everybody else's excitement about this. So, no, by all means, lecture away. Then it just went into the Royal Rumble from there, where uh, Charlotte was supposed to win. Becky had lost. Uh, Becky had a match earlier in the night where she lost her belt to Asuka. But it's always a rule, like if you have a match, you're not supposed to really compete in the Royal Rumble. But Lana got storyline hurt 
where she hurt her ankle and she couldn't come out. And so Becky came out and took her place in the rumble, which I don't really know the logistics of how that works, but you know, uh, she ran in and she won the Royal rumble. And from there they just kept it going. Uh, same thing with Kofi. They're kind of throwing roadblocks out there and saying, no, you're going to take out of the match. We're replacing you with this person and you can get in if you beat so on and so forth. It's weird that they have two storylines like that going on at the same time. But now we're at the point where uh, all the paperwork is signed. Ronda versus Charlotte versus Becky will be the main event. Very cool. And that is awesome. Because Again, when was the last time you saw like a women's match being the main event? Never in Royal Rumble. This would be the first one. Uh, they've had a few recently. They had their own women's event, Evolution, which was uh, close up by you at uh, Nassau Coliseum. Ah. Sold out, too. <laughs> I keep forgetting that it's still open, even though like they keep kind of bouncing the Islanders back between Nassau and Barclay still. I'm like, really, guys? Like, Can we just have them back? The raw side of the things here, I mean, you're looking at. Kurt Angle's going to fight his last match. Oh, yeah. I just heard something about that. Like, he's essentially, like, picking his opponent or something like that. Yeah, he picked Baron Corbin. I don't even know who the hell that is. He, he's, don't get me wrong, he's a solid worker. He's a newer wrestler. Uh, he came up from NXT maybe within the past four years or so. But I have a feeling, like, that's a good match, but it's not WrestleMania quality. So I have a feeling that they'll be switching that up soon. If I had to guess, I would say probably it's going to be against John Cena just to have that book end right. uh, story. Cause I, I don't know if you remember, but Kurt Angle was John Cena's first match in uh, WWF. So, or was WWE then? <laughs> uh, so it would just be perfect symmetry to have Kurt Angle's final match be against John Cena. At this point, Cena is pretty much retired, right? Uh, no, he's doing the same thing. The rock did where he's getting all these movie roles now but he's still kind of popping his head in every now and then before he goes away permanently like The Rock did. Right, because uh, I did see something the other day about like Batista beating the ever-loving crap out of Ric Flair. Yes, oh man. So the next throwback fight for WrestleMania is Triple H versus Batista. I would probably see that just for the sake of nostalgia. It's sad because I remember when he was around regularly, I was mm. definitely not a Batista fan, and I'm saying that. What? I'm it, look. I'm I'm admitting it. I was not a Batista fan, and I will go on record to say that at the time I despised him, hated the guy, was not a fan. Because yeah. every time he showed up, I would immediately tune out. Come you know August of 2014, when I find out, oh yeah, this guy's playing Drax the Destroyer. I'm like, really, Batista? Like, oh, he's gonna just botch that like he does every other match. Only yeah. <laughs> to find out, you know, he becomes one of like my favorite things about the marvel universe so you know you never know where someone's gonna give you something different because you know like i said like the guardians movies i think he's the best thing in them only because i think it plays to his strengths but when he wrestled i was not a fan in the least bit man i see you came back around at the end and you saved it but towards the <laughs> middle there i was like what's happening here uh, <laughs> he's about to like walk out <laughs> no no i felt like i was in the sunken place just screaming <laughs> Uh, now I was uh, I was a huge Batista guy. I, I will send you a picture. Twenty year old me wearing a Batista the Animal T shirt. Uh, oh, I will man. send you a picture. I think I was I turned twenty nine at San Diego Comic Con and I snuck into VIP parties. I saw him and I had to get a picture with him and tell him how much of a big fan I was. That was when he was doing uh, the Iron Fists with um, RZA. I don't know. I just was never a fan of his wrestling style. I mean, like yeah. I said, he seemed like a cool dude, but I don't know. It's just. 
I don't know what it was. Something about him in matches just where I just never saw them as entertaining. But you know, I've been proven wrong. Oh no! I mean, I can see where you're coming from. He's he was always built and used as like the typical big dude. I mean, he didn't really do anything special. He just did the big dude power spots, right? Right. Uh, brawn over agility and such. I mean, he was a little more agile than like Hulk Hogan and those guys were. But yeah, no, I definitely see where you're coming from. So I can't, you know, fault you for that. But damn, man, you hate on Batista the whole time. When he was a good guy, you were cheering for the bad guys. What is it? <laughs> But, you know, like I said, now I dig him, and I, I feel like they should have given him more to do in the last Bond movie, because he was an awesome henchman. Oh, did you like him in um, Blade Runner 2049? I have not seen that yet, and I have shamed my family, because, you know, Blade <laughs> Runner is very, very popular, but I have not seen that yet. So, go ahead and shame me, internet. No, 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 that's, uh, I mean... Though, granted, depending on when this comes out, I may have seen it, so yes, I thought he was fantastic in it. <laughs> yes, there you go. Oh, nice well, quality you save. But what else we got from uh, from Raw? Well, I'm going to touch on 205 Live, which I said is kind of like, you know, the red-headed stepchild of WWE. Okay. Where it's, it's not developmental, but it's not the main roster. They have one match, and they have Buddy Murphy, who calls himself the Juggernaut. But I don't think he can really use that as much for legal reasons. Yeah, I was gonna say, how is like Marvel slash Disney not you know sent that C and D out? Oh, I think they did because he used to say maybe a year or so ago, no one can stop the juggernaut. And now he says, "Oh no yeah, you can't do that, dude, my dude. What are you doing?" Well, like, <laughs> well, he got around it. He says, "No one can stop the unstoppable." I'm like, "All right, I see where you're going." <laughs> not for nothing, I respect it because he's like, "Look, I have I have this gimmick. I'm not giving it up." The hell with the lawsuit, right? For the 205 Live, uh, they have the Cruiserweight Championship, which is anyone who's two, 205 pounds or under can compete. He's fighting against the uh, the premier athlete, Tony Nese, uh, Long Island boy. Tony Nese is a good guy. He has uh, he has this funny gimmick where he comes out with like a vest, but the ab part is cut out, so he shows off his eight-pack, and he always says, there's eight reasons why you're better than all of you, and count the abs one at a time. <laughs> Now I get the 205 Live because I thought that was an area code thing. I was like, no, wait, what? Yeah, no, 205. I mean, I've, I'll never be able to compete in that division. Three, I was going to say, when was the last time I was 205? It was like, you know, times that by but it, it, It's hard. I'm telling you. I don't know how these guys can do that. But yeah. Uh, and then that brings us to the final match on Raw, which is uh, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Bresnar still wrestling? Uh, I wouldn't call what he does wrestle. But yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to try my best not to just be a jackass about it, but I admire the commitment because, mm. my Lord in heaven, he has been at this seemingly since I was a kid. No, like, pretty much since I was a kid. And I'm like, at some point, yeah. I'm like, at any point, he's going to retire. Oh, see, there's a difference between what he does and what everyone else does. I mean, my dude only fights five times a year, you know? And he gets, like, I'm, he gets uh, six figures per appearance. Six figures per match, and it's like, what, just to basically be like the mini boss from Double Dragon that you just go to kick him <laughs> and you get bounced off his chest? Like, he doesn't even fight. Yeah, no, he, he picks the people up, he throws them around, then he gives them the spot where they come back for a win and makes the crowd think they're going to win, and then it just ends really quickly. He just gives them a move for one, two, three, and he goes home, and the crowd's pissed. So he's fighting against Seth Rollins, who is legitimate. This guy is Shawn Michaels times five. That is a hell of a claim. I mean, I believe it only because I don't know any better. But to say that, 
That has to be something worth it, though, because, I mean, Shawn Michaels in his prime was nothing to play with. Yes, and that's what this guy is. Day in and day out, he's out there proving. When I mean, there was a while where he was the Intercontinental Champion, and because Brock charges so much for appearance, he was never on TV. So Seth declared himself as the champion on the show. Ooh. It's just like, I am the show's champion because unlike the real champion, I am actually here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You would like Seth Rollins. He is, uh, he's big into hardcore. I'm talking like Shai Halud and bands like that. Oh, Shai Halud's my shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's big into those type of bands. Uh, do you know Blackcraft at all? Yes. Clothing company. Yeah. He, he, he has a few shirts out with them. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he seems like a really cool dude. He used to be Ring of Honor champion back in the day as Tyler Black. And then he went into NXT. He was the first NXT champion. And now he's, you know, just killing it as uh, Seth Rollins. That's cool. But I've definitely heard the name, but I didn't really do too much digging, like I said, outside of just basic Twitter kind of scrolling through. I mean, that that's good if you can get it. You know, like, I mean, come on, that's pretty cool. Like, let's just say, for instance, all right, I don't wrestle, but they're going to have me go drive down to Nassau, like, maybe one weekend a month, push a few people around, maybe take a chair to the back and get, like, six large? I mean, <laughs> I honestly, I can't really say too much about that. Like, I'd be like, okay, where do I sign? Like, all right, I mean, do I get medical with that at least? I don't know. I feel like, personally speaking, like that would that would just be a little soul crushing to me. No, it kind of feels like a like a screw you to the other people because it's like, okay, we're here all the time making this much and here every night, but this guy just comes in, does whatever, and then leaves. Oh yeah, professionally speaking, I can definitely commiserate with that. Like, I definitely know how that feels. Where it's like you're doing twice the work but getting half the pay. Absolutely. If it was warranted, I don't really know many people who are just like, oh, wow, Brock Lesnar's going to be there. I definitely want to check this out. It's more the opposite, which is like, Damn. yeah, Lesnar, like I said, when I was a kid, like I remember when, you know, especially during like the SmackDown, you know, here comes the pain, like especially like the video games. He was the guy that we would fight against because, like you said, he's like that mini boss in every fighting game where, <laughs> you know, you would lose every time and you wouldn't care. You'd pump more quarters into the machine. And there was something entertaining about it, but then I know he would retire. Then he went to UFC, which I'm like, really? Like, mixed martial arts? Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's your thing either. But again, more fighters who kind of fly kick at him, they'll, they'll bounce off. You know, he's he's making his bread. I, I can't fault him for it. Maybe not my way, but so people are paying to see him still, so something's going right. Yeah, apparently he dominated in UFC, too, for a little bit. He was champion for a while. I mean, come on. Like, seriously, he backhands somebody, their head's popping off. <laughs> now, if he's fighting someone like Joey Ryan, I'll pay money for that match. Because like, he can stop these guys, but can he fight the Don? <laughs> Beast versus Don, yes. Oh, yeah, there we go. See, that's all right. Who do we got to who we got to talk to? Is Vince still running things? I'll, I'll give him a call. I clearly know have his number on me. If you, uh, if you want to have a good laugh, and if our, our comic book readers haven't turned this off, it's too much wrestling <laughs> uh, talk, check out Google um, Brock Lesnar. Uh, Adrian, do this right now. Let me know when you're ready. I'll tell you what to, what to type in. Okay. Let's see. All right. Google Brock Lesnar high school photo. No, my guy looks like Hank McCoy, doesn't he? Oh, my God. He looks like the Beast in X-Men 1. <laughs> if you paint him blue? No, before he was blue. Oh, that's right. Oh, you're talking like OG, like original five. 
Yeah, when he was just, you know, a, a big dude with the glasses and the twill suit. Okay, first off, that photo was taken, like, that can't be a high school photo. That's got to be from, like, a, just a couple of years ago. He looks exactly <laughs> the same. They grow him big out in Minnesota or wherever he's from. I mean, shoot, I'm surprised he's lasted this long. As long as he can maintain that high-level box office draw outside of wrestling, they're always going to find a way to shoehorn him in somewhere. These high school photos, like, he seriously looks like... Look at these kids on the rest of his squad. Like, did these kids even wrestle? <laughs> like, in the one group photo, if you were to go, like, you know, down, like, the, the front row, that looks like the, the kid who Eris Walter would try to challenge Brock, but then he's not in any subsequent photos because he was, like, low-key murdered. Like, he's just a big dude. Holy shit. Brock Lesnar looks like... Um, you ever see that baseball movie, uh, Bench Warmers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Like the one guy they brought in. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a Cuban teenager. No, you're not, dude. You're some 30 year old. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's no way he's that young. He's got to be. I feel like he was twice his age and no one just. Who was going to say no? You're not going to tell this guy that can literally pick you up and rip you in half that, you know, he can't compete. Funny thing. We have the same birth date. Not year. He's older than me. We have the first uh, same birth date. So that's cool. Everything I thought about Batista then, I feel about Lesnar now. Yeah, yeah, that actually, uh, that makes a lot of sense. That is, I mean, he's no longer pushing one-legged dudes downstairs, but... (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, uh, I guess you weren't watching it back then, but there was this guy with one leg, I don't remember his name, Um, he he legitimately had one leg, he was a wrestler, and he was always fighting against Brock Lesnar, and I remember Brock pushing him down the stairs in a wheelchair. Come on, there's no way, even if it's for a gimmick, there's no way you could do that. Even if that guy was the worst person in the world, you know, anyone seeing that, you push a one like a dude down the stairs in a wheelchair, that's just not cool. Not just push it out, but in the wheelchair too, so that's extra. I mean, I don't know how fake wrestling is, but I can guarantee you those stairs are real, and if you tumble down and that wheelchair is behind you, that's going to crash on you. Yeah. All right. I mean, he's that guy. Okay, good to know. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, uh, his wife is uh, Sable, in case you didn't know. All right. Now I know this is messed up. Like, really? Like, the Sable? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean. <laughs> so that's what he does. He pushes guys down wheelchairs, gets six figures to show up in fake fight, gets seven figures to show up in real fight, and then, uh, you know, marries Sable. So in other words, he's like white privileged a wrestler? Yes. I mean, literally, I mean, if, 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 if you look at, just look at his eyebrows, he's so blonde, his eyebrows are negative space on his face. <laughs> his face gets so red. His face gets so red, but his eyebrows are so white. It's like if they painted them on. <laughs> you barely show up, you get twice the pay as everybody else who's doing the work. Like, come on. Yeah. But not for nothing, though, he's only doing pretty much what they allow him to get away with. So as much as I, you know, not to bring it down, but if that's what he's being given, obviously they're okaying it. So really, it takes two to tango, so to speak. There's only so much they can tell him no before they lose him as an attraction. They don't want to lose that marquee value, of course. But is there really that much value there? I mean, I feel like that can be given to somebody who's really going to like give it their all, who's really going to be a showstopper and really bring in the crowds versus just, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like this is just a low key, like a carnival gimmick now. I mean, I can't disagree with that. Uh, but I mean, someone out there knows more than I do in terms of marketing and such. So, well, you know, what do I know? 
What do we? Either of us know. Jesus. Yeah. So, so, so that's the long and short of WrestleMania. It's probably going to be another seven, seven and a half hour event in uh, in the Meadowland. Part of me does feel good about it being, you know, in my hometown or at least my home state, rather. I mean, obviously, I didn't grow up in the Meadowlands, but I also remember when the Super Bowl was in the Meadowlands, and it didn't really work out for a lot of the people who attended because they got stuck there. <laughs> so hopefully, they have the public transportation situation planned out. Maybe, probably not. Probably not. You know, there's probably going to be an Uber line four miles long. Oh, those guys are going to make bank that night. You kidding me? Uh, I saw that WrestleMania. I forgot the exact figure, but it's several million dollars that WrestleMania generally generates for the area that it's in because, you know, the fans come in, they travel from all over the world. And then it's all the other shows that are happening that same time. Right. Um, we didn't we didn't touch on this, but there's access going on in Brooklyn, which is like WrestleMania's Comic Con. WWE sets up a convention with um, they have segments. So you, like you can't just buy a ticket for the full day or for the full weekend unless you buy separate tickets. But right. you go in, they have autograph signings, they have photo booths, they have merch stands and such. They have live matches you can watch, usually with the lower level NXT people and people who aren't wrestling on the main show, just to showcase these are our talent who are coming up. It's a really cool event. Um, <laughs> That's going on in uh, in Red Hook, Brooklyn, I want to say. All right, very cool. Though, I mean, I feel like at some point we have to find a way to do this, like, again, like, do, like, the occasional, like, wrestling report because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like at least I know a little bit better going into it now. And also, just thank you for allowing and also just being patient. Also, you know, because I'd imagine for someone who knows it to talk to someone who's not aware, it's like, oh, my God, I got to go through everything. No, it's actually not that bad. It's uh, it happens more frequently than you think because people will be like, "Oh, you still watch that? Why?" And I'll be like, "Well, let me tell you." And then you can instantly you can instantly see the regret of crap. Why did I ask them to start talking about? <laughs> it's not a matter of like, oh, people still watch it. I'm just more surprised because you know, kind of how things sort of come and go as far as popularity. But yeah. I kind of think it's cool, and you know. You're on Twitter and social media quite often, as much as I am. And, you know, you see kind of the back and forth that sometimes goes on. But it is cool, like, on wrestling night, that kind of stops for a little bit. It's on, what, five days a week I watch wrestling. And sometimes in the morning when I'm watching, I get up bright and early to watch stuff in Japan. That is true dedication, and I can never knock that because there are very few things I'm getting up at five in the morning for unless I absolutely have to. So to kind of <laughs> just do that, to watch it, like, in real time, that's that that's cool. So, you know, I, I could never mock that. I mean, like, I'm getting up anyway, so it helps to have something on. And then, you know, because I go to work, uh, I'll drop my wife off. I'll go to the gym, and wrestling will still be on. So, like, I'm on the elliptical, and I have my little screen watching wrestling as it's happening live in Japan. And then usually right around the time I finish up is when they finish, so then I can go about my day at work and then come home and watch more wrestling. I mean, it's one of those things where if you get a week behind, you can, you, you're not going to want to just try to watch what you missed. So just say, okay, what happened? <laughs> Let me read the results. Right. And again, thank you for sharing your, uh, your expertise with me again. Oh yeah. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me on. But I do think at some point that we may have to, uh, <laughs> talk to Jeff. It's like, here, can, can we uh, ruin ourselves in our store again? <laughs> uh, i'll never forget and i wish i had video of the 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 group that came in while you and uh Femur were talking about joey ryan because i think they wanted to walk out but it was just it was too in intriguing because i know that their faces were like what did we just walk into <laughs> yeah 
Oh, but as always, I want to make sure people know more about you, where they can find more of your work, because you are a, a great writer. But whatever you feel like telling everybody where they can find your stuff, let them know. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm not performing as much anymore just because I'm a lazy bastard, but I am doing uh, sketch writing for We Stand Comedy. Very funny uh, comedians in that group, and I'm happy to be uh, a, a part of them. But uh, anyone who wants to get a hold of me, they go to my website, theothermarioc.com. There you'll see uh, links to my Twitter and my Instagram. And I think Facebook's on there, but that's really more of just a parent's thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place. Uh, I'm very open to talk to people about whatever. I don't like to judge people on what they're into because guarantee you, no matter how cool you think you are into something and make it fun of someone else, there's someone in the world who thinks what you're into is the dweebiest crap ever. Right. So, and in our line of work, we're not exactly at liberty to mock anybody else for what they're into. As much as I go to the gym and build my arms up, I'm still going to be uh, that same kid who was reading X-Men and Age of Apocalypse and all that stuff. So, <laughs> And this is why you're awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean... I, it's my wife. It's good marketing. She looked at the research and said, okay, you got to change your character and your perception for this uh, maximized profits. So this is all, this is all like Westworld fake. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> there's this, um, there's this guy who was complimenting me on Twitter and he's like, yeah, that's why you're awesome. And I was like, no man, this is, this is just CGI. You don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy in a suit with balls. The real Mario doesn't exist. <laughs> Oh, man, that, that's something interesting to think about until next time. But until next time, we'll see you next issue. Have a good night.